Welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood. Welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand show. I'm your host, Dave Homewood. This time, we have a bit of a special show for you. All recorded live in the field during the Wings Over Wire Rapper Air Show at Hood Aerodrome, Masterton. I must admit, I went along not knowing how this was going to go. I basically just approached people and asked if they'd do a bit of an interview. It was all done off the cuff, uh, no preparation on either my part or the interviewees. So, um, thank you very much to everybody who took part. And... Uh, the only thing I must say is I apologise because it's a live air show and there was a little bit of wind around. In fact, I was thinking it should have been called Wind Over Wire Rapper for a while. Um, there's a little bit of wind noise that uh, we have to work through. Um, I must work on that before I start doing the next one of these live in the field air show episodes. But uh, hopefully you'll be able to get the gist of, of what it's all about from these little interviews and um, maybe get a bit of the, the feeling and the... the spirit of the excellent air show it was an absolutely brilliant air show and a congratulations to everybody who was involved in the organization and in the flying displays and all of the support that backs up those aircraft uh, from all over New Zealand that, that was just absolutely stunning and of course at this air show we were really really blessed to have the mosquito which is just about to go off to the USA so that was really special to be able to be there to see its final display in New Zealand. Very emotional, that last display. Uh, very, very poignant and very sad, but also very, very amazing, very joyous um, and wonderful. Anyway, on with the show um, and on to our first guest. We're just talking with Greg Turrell of the Martin Jetpack display. Greg, g'day, how are you? Um We've got a few things here today. Uh, our static display is, is an aircraft, or a prototype from 2011 that did the high flight that you may have seen on the television. There was a documentary on that. Sure, yeah. Uh, we've got some video of our, the prototype that followed on from that, uh, which we've got flying over a lake and, and uh, performing um, up to 50 or 60 kilometres now, so you can see that on the video. Right, yep. We've also got uh, a simulator here, so um, we're just sorting out some power issues at the moment. Once we get that cranked up, you'll be able to have a have a go in the simulator. Um, yeah, so, uh, and we're here, we're here to talk to people and, and, and tell them what we're up to. And, and tell me about the sort of innovation of this um, invention. The, the Jetpack uh, has been underdeveloped from a long time. Glenn Martin started many, many years ago with the concept of uh, driving ducted fans with a, with a simple petrol two-stroke motor. And uh, over the last five years, there's been uh, a team of engineers take that, that sort of concept uh, to where we are today and uh, through various uh, focuses the, the product was launched in 2008 at Oshkosh over in the States uh, where we had a machine similar to, to P11 over there um, and then we've, we've made advances in the flight control it's now computer controlled and a fly-by-wire type system so you you tell the controls what you'd like the machine to do and the computer figures out how, you, how it's actually going to do that. You're not, not attached to the controls. Right, right. And uh, then we went through doing the high flight to show that we weren't just in ground effect and flying yeah. on a cushion. So that was that was a step forward. Uh, we now have got the manoeuvrability we want. Uh, and with our latest prototype that we don't have here is, is one with bigger ducts that we're now getting the, the payload we want. So right. we're, we're flying with 90 kilos of lead 
on board at the moment which we can translate into a person, yes, a, a reasonable sort of person with a bit of gear on. So in the coming months we'll be going through the process of the paperwork and the clearances and some of the safety issues and integration that we need to, to put the person back in it. And um, so yeah, hopefully in coming air shows we'll be we'll be out there with the big boys and flying actually, up and down. <laughs> yeah. So whereabouts yeah. is all this happening? Where are you based? This is all based in Christchurch. Um, mandatory pause for aircraft noise there. Uh, based in Christchurch and uh, so we're doing all our testing down there and that's where our workshop is uh, but we try and get out and about occasionally to to let people know what we're up to. Okay cool. Mm. Excellent. Well thank you very much. No problem. Cheers. Have a good day. We're sitting inside the Anson Mark 1 with Bill Reed. Welcome Bill. Hi Dave. Um, tell me about the Anson. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> well it's been a labour of love for the last um, 10 years. We um, you know, it's been fairly well documented, I suppose, but we yeah, we found the aircraft in Wangaratta in the Air World Museum that was closing down yep. know, back in 2001, I first looked at it. And um, after negotiating with the owner, Terry Brain, we uh, we struck a deal and, um, yeah, it was sort of subject to him, you know, giving me a few taxiing lessons in it because at the time the thing wasn't air really, but we're still able to start it up and oh, okay. have a bit of a play. Right. So, um yeah, we, we did that and all went well, so Toby, my son and I went over and spent a few weeks over in, in Wang with Murray Griffiths, Lake Murray Griffiths, yeah. and um, yeah, pulled it apart and yeah. <laughs> brought it back and... Brought it back, five shipping containers, because wow. <laughs> I bought another airframe as well in 1334, which um, fortunately still had a lot of the military equipment left in it. Oh, okay. Yep. So I bought that from Ron Lee, who's a well-known sort of aircraft engineer, aircraft restorer in, in that Melbourne area. And, well, Australia-wide really, because he's now in Brisbane, but, um, yeah, with their help. And, right, yeah. right. Okay. And, um, as you say, it's taken a wee while to put it back together, but when you look around, it's so pristine. It's <laughs> The detail is amazing. I just keep looking at everything. Yeah, actually, Roald Denham last night made a funny comment. We were sitting in this house truck there, and he said, it's like a travelling antique road show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, um, you're obviously here at the uh, Wings Over Wire Wrapper. This yep. is second air show? Second show, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I saw it do its debut up at Ardmore, and, yeah, yeah that was stunning to see that. <laughs> yeah. That was really neat. Yeah. Um, so you're hoping to sort of get it onto the, all, all the airshow circuit? We're hoping to, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll have um, Omaka in, at Easter, and then I guess it'll be pretty quiet until well, next season. I don't know what's planned, whether, whether they want us at Tauranga or not, or hopefully. Right, yeah. right. Well, hope so. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, 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 you just let me have a bit of a, a ride in it when you did an engine run in a taxi and it's just an amazing thing to sit in and, and feel it alive and, and hear it. Oh, it's, it's a lot smoother than a lot of people expect. Not, yeah. I, I, I don't, well, I don't know how you found it, but it's not as noisy as I, I thought it might be. No, You think no. of all this just, you know, perspex it would be pretty noisy and rattly, but it's, it doesn't seem to be. No, actually, I was really amazed. Yeah, Even when you really gunned it, it's... Yeah. And in flight, because, I mean, that's takeoff power, and, and you bring it back a lot from that in flight, it's cruising at pretty low power settings, and it's just lovely. It's just so smooth and stable. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> okay. Um, now, I know you said you've got another airframe. Is yeah. anything going to happen with that other no, airframe? No, I, mean, I just, you know, basically, 
as long as I keep this aircraft, it's there as, as spares, and yep. then eventually maybe it would be swapped with something that, uh, that we could restore. But I'm not going to do another answer. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> One in a lifetime is enough. Now you've had a few other uh, interesting aircraft in your collection as well, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, we do. We have um, Hudson 2049, which is probably the most, you know, historic Hudson of the you know XMTL Air Force ones because that was the one that. Um, George Council got into a scrap with three zeros at Grand Canal. In fact, it was in within the space of a week. It was attacked twice by yeah. three. Yeah, yeah. The first time might have been they might have been float planes. Or something. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. the second time was zeros. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. And it's still got you know a few patches in it where, where you know, bullet holes came through. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, and actually, I've been. Um, writing up the history of three squadron and yes. that aircraft appears a lot with other crews as well yes and, yes, and, and getting really. into action and um you know so that's interesting really interesting aircraft. i mean it, it's a hard one for us to decide i mean we still haven't made a decision and i you know i'm not really into doing static restorations i like things that are going to go and fly and whether we can you know fund that because it you know it's going to take probably several million dollars to do it oh, yeah. and um you know it's you know, at the end of the day, probably would never sell for that much. So it's it's a tough decision, and the way it is at the moment, it's such a time capsule because it's you know it's still got its original paint and markings, yeah. and it's quite nice just to be able to see that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, it is, and it's just amazing that it's survived all this time, and it's all down to John Smith, really. Yes, isn't it is it? down to John. You know, he's, a lot of people have criticised him over the years, but he's you know he's done a lot. Really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely. it's great to see that he is you know letting some stuff go now because he yep. helped. Um, well, I sort of helped do a deal with him and, and wallow over mosquito parts and, right. and of course he just he said to me with the Hudson back in 2006 or 2007 I'd actually taken Garth Hogan over to show him the kitty hawks oh, right. and John just came up and he says oh do you want the Hudson I said no I didn't. He says, do you want my Hudson so I said I'd love it John but I said I wouldn't want to pay too much that needs a lot of work and he got all offended. He said, "Did I say anything about money? Oh. I'd rather you put the money into its restoration." So, wow, pretty amazing. Oh, that's awesome, isn't yeah. it? That's awesome. <laughs> Just tells you sort of what sort of guy John is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, as, as you say, as it is, it's an absolute time capsule, and yeah, know, we've got a nice pristine one at Wigram, which yes. people can look at. So, yeah, it's, it's one of those. It's a difficult decision, really. It I'd be lovely to see it fly, though, wouldn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, it would. I mean, if, if, if you know, certain people came and said, "Here, Bill." Three million bucks get this thing flying while I jump at it, you know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> while I've got this, I mean, I'd, I'd, if I, I'd have to sell this to, to fund the Hudson, yeah, so yeah. it's just it's a hard, hard call. At the moment, I'm just I'm enjoying having fun with this. After 10 years locked up in the hangar with this, it's nice to be outside. Absolutely. Now tell me about the um, history of the actual aircraft you, you're depicting. Um, of this, um, yeah, sure. So, 206 Squadron was um, based at Birch and Newton on the east coast, southeast coast of England yep. in the war and so they were doing um, patrols out over the North Sea and, and North Channel areas looking for you know, German activity U-boats or surface raiders trying to, to break out yep. and um, Laurie Edwards, Kiwi pilot, who'd gone over and joined the RAF the year before was yep. you know, assigned to this aircraft so we're talking about September the 5th, only two, three days into the war, wow. on patrol. He is near the Frisian Islands, which, you know, was um, just sort of off that, I guess, um, north west coast of Holland, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, spots what he thinks is a U-boat, and 
the instructions were if they saw anything, get back to base and report it. Right. But he wasn't 100% sure, so he wanted to go back and have another look. And apparently the rest of the crew said, oh no, let's, <laughs> let's just go back, you know. <laughs> yeah. He went back, of course, while he, after he circled back, he was bounced by a Hunker 115 float plane. Oh, okay. Also, doing the same job, you know, on patrol in the channel. Yeah. Um, they got into a dogfight, apparently lasted about 15 minutes, and the action came off second best. Yeah shot down into the sea in flames um, and I, you know it's a, it's a lovely story really because well it's not a lovely story because three guys lost their lives but yeah. there's still an age of chivalry German the Heinkel being a float plane landed must have been a calm day he landed in the sea to pick up survivors wow. and Laurie was the only one to survive and he was quite badly burned but anyway they took him back and he became the first allied officer prisoner of war wow yeah, yeah. taken to a to a castle, his own castle, where <laughs> the Germans somehow enticed him to uh, make some propaganda broadcast, and, and he became quite unpopular apparently with the British hierarchy oh, because right. he was on the radio saying the Germans were actually good scouts; they were looking after him well, and of course, yep. it wasn't what they wanted to hear. <laughs> but um, anyway, he. The story goes on. He's, you know, after obviously they caught a few more officers, and he was sent to prison camp. Um, because of his injuries in 1944, they did a prisoner exchange. Right. He was taken to Spain, and, and, and so he actually got out. Okay. And uh, um, so, yeah, he, he gets repatriated back to England and sent back to New Zealand, gets straight back into the Air Force and stayed in the Air Force until, the, I believe, until the, well into the 1960s. Oh, wow, okay. okay. Did you ever meet him? No, I didn't. I, I've got all, most of this information from his daughter and just, you know, researching. There's quite a bit of him, you know, on the internet and things. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, he was quite a well-respected officer. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting stuff. Yeah, great yeah. story. And, I, you know, it's just, it was just, I wanted a New Zealand connection with the Anson and I wanted to emphasise its operational role because yeah. most people associate with the trainer, and of course it was, and it became probably one of the most significant twin-engine trainers. In fact, they built a lot more of these than they did the speed Oxfords. Right. We didn't see a lot in New Zealand, but of course in Canada, they, where most of the crews were being trained, they, that's, this is what they had. Right. But, you know, for the first two years of, of the war, they were, you know, there was over 300 of these in frontline service with Coastal Command, wow. and they were going out on armed reconnaissance patrols, and, and they saw a lot of action. It's incredible. If there's a book called um, Coastal Command Losses of the you know, Second World War. Yeah. And yeah, reading through that, you know, a lot of young guys, you know, perished in these things on on operations. Wow, wow. Yeah. Um, would you go and go to war in one of these? It's a bit flimsy for that. Well, it's a funny, another funny story in in the book. Um, the other few, which is the history of bomber and coastal commands during the Battle of Britain, yeah. a lot of mention of the Ansons and that, and they were being used sent on um, raids on. Um, Brest and Calais, you know, on and Hitler's invasion barges. Yeah. And it, one squadron, I, I, have, I don't know whether it was 206, it might have been one of the others. Um, the, the guy, they were ordered a daylight raid on, um, yeah, I think it was Calais Harbour. Wow. And the guy, the, the CEO, refused to go. Oh, really? Yeah, so he was immediately ready taken off and charged but they, and they sent that they you know he said it was going to be you know suicide mass yep. suicide to send them but but they actually sent them at night and they did i think three night raids three nights running and never lost an aircraft wow really i mean they were the most heavily defended harbors on the french coast and this i think the germans just did, you know they the speed of the poor old answers and they managed to get away with it yeah. 
doesn't record how effective they were on barges, <laughs> but no, they, they carried out their, their orders. The bomb load is, um, is it eight, 250 pound? It's, um, actually in here, did you see the bomb load? I did, oh, yeah. see yeah. it. They're 100 pound anti-submarine bombs, and 100? they have eight bombs, and we haven't got the inner bomb base, because they, um, we've got in port fuel tanks there, but they yeah. wear, wear these inboard tanks where they have another four bombs a side. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was a pretty insignificant bomb load. Um, in fact, another interesting snippet on Anson history is they made the first um, recorded attack on a U-boat again in that sort of, you know, September 1939, yeah. and actually scored a direct hit on the conning tower, 100 pound bomb direct hit, and uh, didn't do anything. Oh. It, didn't, it didn't damage it. And the reason they know that it didn't damage it was because when they got back to base, they had a very irate call from the Royal Navy saying, you've just bombed one of our submarines. <laughs> <laughs> Was lucky. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> oh dear. But there's also many accounts um, of them shooting down, you know, um, German aircraft, and, and the most significant there was during the evacuation of Dunkirk. Right. Um, 500 Squadron um, guy, Pete Peters, he was his name, the pilot. He was leading a, a flight of three ants and it's just, you know, um, protection over the little ships coming out of Dunkirk. Yep. Got attacked by nine Messerschmitt 109s. Two of the answers managed just to escape while these guys turn his concentrated on Pete Peters. Yep. He shot down two, um, you know, in flames in the sea, and okay. they reckon they probably got a third. They certainly severely damaged a third, and the others gave up and wow. scarpered. Wow. He got an instant DFC when he got home. But it's pretty amazing that an Anson, you know, could hold its own against Against you know, absolutely. 109s. Yeah, absolutely. And there's several other accounts, you know, single, you know, shooting down single 109s and, and GU88s and Heinkel, one, Heinkel 111s. One guy rammed a Heinkel 111 over over England and then so they both, both planes you know, crashed. But wow. He, yeah. Real brave, eh? Yeah, real brave. brave. Yeah. Boys, you know, 19 year olds. Yeah. I love yeah. a young Scotty Judith there that's been helping me on this and he's 19 and he, that's. Yeah, the CEOs were that age. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it's crazy. Yeah. It's just amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I better just want to catch up with Dave to see what time he's got to fly this thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, well thank you very much, Bill. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, I'm standing yeah. here, standing here with uh, Warren Denham um, under the shade of the Ever Anson, which he's just been up in. Hi, Warren. G'day, Dave. Hey, uh, how was the flight in the Anson? Oh, magical. Yeah, magical. Quite, uh, quite a unique and thrilling experience to go for a ride in it at, a, at an event like this, there's no question about it. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's such an event, isn't it, having the mosquito here and the Anson here? Oh, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, of course, it's uh, sort of tinged with a bit of sadness for us because it's the last uh, last time we'll see it flying, but uh, it's also brilliant to be able to show it off to so many people. Absolutely. absolutely. And uh, it's been a fabulous turnout. Well, hasn't it been an awesome season, eh? The whole yeah. season's been great. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, and everywhere we go, you know, there's just so many people that have been affected by the mosquito. It's it's uh, it's quite a unique and uh, rewarding experience. It's been quite unbelievable, actually, to see the reaction of the general public, not just aviation public, but the general public as well. They've really flocked to these air shows this year. Yeah, and yeah. Yesterday, like people were saying, this is the biggest crowd yesterday they've ever had. So, it's yeah, got, got to be the mosquito effect, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I I uh, I would say so. Yeah. Um, you know. There's a lot of other cool things going on here as well, and enough, yes. you know, enough interesting aeroplanes to have an air show all by itself. But because people know that this is a, their one and only opportunity to see this aeroplane, you know, they've, um, you know, they've come out.
now. It's all, all fabulous. Absolutely. Uh, aside from the uh, the Anson and the Mosquito, uh, what else have been highlights for you of the issue? Well, <laughs> um, it's been a little hard to look past the Mosquito uh, and yeah. going for my ride in the Anson, obviously, yeah. but um, uh, I've never seen that jet formation so good before. Look, they're just going to move the Anson forward. We'd better sure. just wander over yep. out the way or we'll get clobbered. clobbered. Oh, those, the jets were just amazing, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when you think that, um, you know, they've, they've developed that um, routine all basically with money out of their own pockets. Yeah, oh, exactly. And, you know, flying those jets is not a, it's not a cheap exercise. And to practice a formation, you know, routine like that takes, you know, thousands and thousands of litres of, of uh, fuel. And, you know, they've done a pretty good job when you, you know, some of those guys, you know, they're not all military trained because it helps having the military guys who can come along and yeah. jump in and more or less, uh, you know, in the, in the slot within a few minutes. But, um, you know, some of those guys are, uh, are just, you know, uh, only get the weekends to practice it. And, exactly. And, uh, you know, it's very unique. And they're not all the same type. Right. So that right. adds a whole different dimension. You can't just set the power in your vampire and think it'll follow an L39 round. That's right. That's right. Um, you've got to, you know, be, be aware of the different performance of the two aeroplanes. Three aeroplanes. Three oh, the three, three aeroplanes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then seeing the jets, the, 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 the two vampires and the venom with the mosquito. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm sure somewhere in England <laughs> there's a grave with the Haviland on the headstone. <laughs> Would have been bouncing up and down with joy, I'm sure, if you could have thought that, you know, all these years later, um, you know, those two iconic um, designs would be in the air together in a, in a place like Masterton in New Zealand. It's magic, isn't it? Yeah, it's silencing magic. the crowd like it does. Because yeah. yeah. that's the thing, when the mosquito flies, you can just about hear a pin drop in the yeah, audience. Absolutely. You know, it's just incredible, and it still makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up when right. it flies over. Yeah. And, and you know, the the final display that we saw yesterday, and we're going to see again today, of the mosquito, the two Spitfires, the, the, uh, the Mustang, two, yeah, the two, the P40s, two P40s, and the Corsair. Yeah. Oh mean, my God! You know that, that that's pretty good. Well, you know, when you think this. <laughs> Of the, you know, we're not a wealthy place, not, you know, by any stretch of the imagination, and to be able to kind of gather together that sort of a formation and and see it flown so well, um, it's just, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's another, words escape. That, that's another aspect too. It's not just the aircraft, but the pilots themselves are such amazing mm. pilots. Mm. A group mm. of mm. world class. Mm. Know, I mean, where else can you find another Keith Skilling or Dave Phillips or? You know Frank Parker and those types. Yeah, you know, yeah, they're, they're yeah. just amazing pilots. Yeah, well. and they all just fit in there so well, and you yeah. know everybody seems to get on really well. And yeah, no, it's um, it's it's, it's certainly been a um, a magical few months for us. Four months we've had to play with it. Yeah. I mean, you know where else? <laughs> you know, got to hand it to Jerry. Um, I can't think of uh, there wouldn't be anybody else in the world that would leave, leave an aeroplane as special as this mosquito in the hands of the people in, uh, that restored it on the other side of the planet to continue to play with it yeah. for four months after you've got it going. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, he's been uh, he's been so generous and so had such uh, great faith in us that it's um, you know it's humbling to think that uh, uh, you know a guy would do that. Absolutely, I totally agree with you. And all hats off to him. It's, it's wonderful. What, what a great air show. I mean, you can't say anything more, can you? No, no, no. And uh, 
It started off a bit um, misty and cold and damp this morning, and I thought we'd been transformed into some battlefield in England, you know, <laughs> yeah. during World War Two. It was kind of like that. The, the the gorilla snot was coming out of the trees and, and now it's all cleared up, it's 27 degrees and almost dead calm and we're, we're surrounded by things like this beautiful Anson which is just, it's like you know Antiques Roadshow when you get inside, all that cool stuff that they've gathered up for it. Yeah, I mean it's, the detail is amazing, mm. it really is. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean it's just... It's a real credit to them because it's not what they do, you know. I mean, yep. that's the that, that's their first aircraft restoration standing right there, yeah. and I can't fault it. No, you know, I've been doing it for whatever it is, twenty something years, and and you know, we think we're starting to get our heads around some of the challenges there are. And I look at that aeroplane there, and I can't see anything I'd do different. It's absolutely fantastic, and and uh, well, that's know, that's the highest. I keep telling everybody that we did it as well. <laughs> You know, and the two of them here together parked, uh, you know, side by side in front of the crowd is uh, it's a real treat, no doubt about it. It's actually really good to have the two together because it represents the beginning of the war bombers and the end of the war bombers so perfectly that the contrast is amazing. <laughs> Boy, and when you've flown in both of them, you get the, you know, like the mosquito is a is a is a an, an assault on your senses, yeah. right? In every respect, it's hot it's loud it's fast um, and it is uh, almost an overload for people when they go for a ride in it because it's so intense and then you get in the Anson and it's like wow I've got all the space I've got all these windows I can see the ground through the bomb aimers position you know I'm comfortable it's it's not quiet but it's certainly not horrendous and uh, it's also eclectic and quaint um, that, it, that it, is a, it is a total contrast to the mosquito and when you think that they were only uh, you know in reality a few years apart yeah um, it just shows you the rapid development during that period um, yeah quite unique just to just to finish off here Warren um, the plans now for the mosquito it's going back up to Auckland and start getting disassembled isn't it yeah um, uh, Keith takes it back to Auckland tomorrow afternoon, and um, basically on uh, on Tuesday uh, we start dismantling it. So it has to come into as many sort of pieces as, well, not as many pieces as it can, but the engines have got to come off, the um, radiator assembly has to come off, the nacelles behind the firewalls come off. We leave the landing gear in, flaps off. So we, we're left with a sort of clean wing that, that's 50, 52 feet without the wingtips on. Um, lift the fuselage off the wing, fold the landing gear up, and the wing's going on a stand in a special container we're building at a 230 foot, well we're chopping down a couple of 40s and making a 230s and joining them together in the middle to a, a sort of super, super container with an open top. The wing will go in that with a big cover over it. And then the fuselage and uh, all the other components will go in two other containers. Uh, and it's due to sail out on the 15th of February from uh, from Auckland and uh, be in Philadelphia um, roughly three weeks later. And then there's a week or so transporting the wing down to down to Virginia Beach. And then uh, oh well, they'll be transported by truck. Oh yeah, big long trailer. Yep. Um, the other containers can go on the rail. Oh. Hercules. Oh. The collection of vintage aircraft here is quite incredible. <laughs> Oops, Spitfire. Spitfire. Um, 
Yeah, and then a couple of guys, uh, Andy Hosking and uh, Russell Jenkins, will go over and put it back. Help, help Jerry's guys put it back together. Yep. And uh, I'll go over at the end and and um, uh, sign sign it out. Yep. Another Spitfire. Um, and uh, uh, test flight, and then the first flight, first public display for it will be. Uh, a memorial weekend in the states at Jerry's uh, air show, uh, Warbirds over the beach. Excellent. And uh, and seven five seven. Awesome. There's a lot to look at. There is. There is. Well, thank you very much, Warren. I'll let you continue enjoying the air show. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, I'm standing under the wing of the Mosquito with uh, one of the Mosquito pilots, Dave Phillips. Hi Dave. Yeah, hi, yeah. Dave. Hey, um, you've uh, had quite an air show, haven't you, flying the Mosquito and flying the Anson? Yeah, I've been, I've been very lucky, I had the opportunity to fly the Tiger Moth and the, the Anson and the Mosquito. It's sort of a, a nice sort of upward uh, gradient of aeroplane size and performance. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And the Tiger Moth display, which I momentarily forgot about, was bloody awesome as well. Oh, really thanks. great, really great. Thanks. Always good to watch. Yeah, thanks, thanks. Uh, yeah, just a matter of to focus on what it does well. And, uh, yeah, just, just pause for the Spitfire to go past. Yeah. Um, how does it compare just going from the Mosquito to the Anson and back again? At uh, there's, there's no chance of any blurring. They're very obviously sort of different, um, different types, and uh, yeah, it's not like you sort of forget you're in one and maybe on the other. The, the, the um, I guess accommodation, for want of a better term, is very different, and so you're in a different frame of mind for, for each airplane. Yep. Um, yeah. The um, Anson, of course, is, is very roomy, comfortable, and, and, and forgiving. The uh, Mosquito is not quite in the same category in that regard, but uh, much more interesting in, uh, in, in terms of performance and that sort of thing. So. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and sort of uh, the actual display routine uh, is a little bit different, isn't it? Well, actually, it's similar for the Mosquito and uh, Anson because you can't really do aerobatics and all. We chose not to in the Mosquito anyway, so it's just a matter of displaying the aeroplane at, at, at high speed and in various uh, poses and angles. So you just try and get a, a reasonable mix of each view, like a head-on view, a, a planned view, uh, a side-on view, and, and some, a little bit of variation in between, and some, a few wing-overs and bits of, you know, using the vertical where you can. So you, in some respects, somewhat limited because the aeroplanes aren't aerobatic. Um, but uh, I guess the, the goal is just to display it in as many different poses as you possibly can. Right, right. And of course, the other thing with the Mosquito is you've been flying formation uh, stuff with other fighters. Yes. Uh, yeah. And Keith did the display with the with the jets, and yep. you did the display uh, at the end of yesterday, and and you will today, won't you? Yes. With the, yeah. with the um, piston fighters, yeah. they must be just such an amazing feeling to. Yes. Well, you look left and right and see a P40 and a Spitfire out there. It does seem pretty amazing. Um, the other guys in the formation really enjoy it because uh, it's such a stable airplane to formate on. And right. so that, that the only thing is that often I'm just going to pull the power back because it's a bit, bit more slippery. Yep. Especially if you put the nose down, it just wants to uh, really accelerate. So P40 and Spitfire, um, I'm having to pull the power back quite a long way to accommodate them to make it comfortable uh, information for them. Right, right. I'll tell you what, from the ground, that was the most impressive formation I've ever seen. It Gee, really was. Oh, thanks. It's, um, yeah, I'd love to see it from the ground. It's, it's ironic, isn't it? To see it from the inside. But um, yeah, the guys did a great job there. It's, you know, it's, but why I got the easy bit, all I got to do is steer and line up the runway. They, they've uh, got to hang in there. Yeah, they did a great job. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, thank you very much, Dave. And, uh, you know, good luck for the rest of the show. Thanks. Thanks, Dave. We'll see you at the next air show as yeah. well. Cheers. Bye bye.
just talking here with uh, Brett Emity, who's uh, well known as a yak pilot. But uh, this time you had a bit of a different aerobatic team at the CSA, didn't you? Well, we did actually. We had a real unique opportunity to actually get our jets up flying. Uh, that we haven't really had the whole formation flying before, especially just up six jets. So yeah. we, um, I don't think there's ever actually been six jets flying in formation, doing formation aerobatics, like formation loops and that sort of thing in New Zealand before. And the formation was made up of three uh, L-39s, Russian L-39s, yep. and uh, two vampires and one strike master. So it was a, a very unique formation that you probably won't see anywhere in the world. Yep. And then the other unique aspect, of course, was the Mosquito fighter bomber was going to be here. And we had the opportunity to fly in formation with the Mosquito, so we could actually put the Mosquito uh, up, up with uh, the vamp two vampires and the Venom, which are all from the De Havilland stable, because the Mosquito first flew in 1940, and the Vampire first flew in 1943, and the Vampire's actually got a large, so they were, came from the same stable and they looked similar, and it was just absolutely fantastic to have them up in formation. Absolutely. And uh, my father used to fly the Mosquitoes in Burma, you see, so for us it was a very nostalgic trip. So uh, that was that was really the highlight for me was to be able to come down and, and do that formation with the mosquito. But we had a tremendous weekend flying formation aerobatics with the jets, and then flowing on for that with the we had our yak aerobatic team. So there was eight of us down here from, from the yak team. So it was another great opportunity to get everybody together there. Yep. And the conditions, uh, the weather came out really nice. So we had a, we had a wonderful uh, weekend. Great mixture of aeroplanes to fly. It was about as good as it gets, I think. So we're, Tell me about the, the difference between the, the three jet types in, in that aerobatic um, sequence, particularly the loop. They all got different power settings and oh, very much so. The well, the L 39s the Russian jets and the Vampires actually fly together very nicely. They have similar cruising speed, right. about the same amount of thrust, etc. And then the Strike Master, of course, was uh, is a bit draggier, so it's uh, but it managed to keep up okay as well. Right. So, but it was we find that the Vampires are very very clean aeroplanes. So as you're diving into a loop, we'll actually start overtaking everybody. So we have to throttle back a lot oh, right. and then uh, so there's quite a big power change for us we're sort of gliding on the entry of the loop and then following it up around the top okay which um, and i'll be able to have the vampires on the outside of the formation so we were looking right back over the whole formation so it's a tremendous sight right. seeing six jets out, out on your left going around the loop you know that was amazing fantastic fantastic well from the ground it looked absolutely brilliant and even on the practice day when it was pretty choppy up there you know, it looks stunning. Perfect. Well, yeah, well, we had a few challenges. I think the wind was gusting over 30 knots, which mm. made it pretty challenging. But today, of course, the whole thing settled down on the Sunday, and we'd all had by this time we'd had a couple of practices, so yep. they are all getting a bit sharper. You see, so it ended up being a, a perfect end to a great weekend. Well done. Well done. Thank you very much. Thanks, Tom. Uh, Andrew. This is Peter Anderson, who uh, is, is one of the commentators here, and, and at various other air shows around Australia and New Zealand. Uh, what have you think? What do you thought about this air show? Absolutely fantastic. This is an international air show with aircraft, and it has the feel of a regional, local, country air show. Everybody gets on here. Everybody came here to see the aircraft. Everybody has been part of it, and it's it's. Um, can I say it's quintessential Kiwi. Um, I, I was sitting up in the commentary position there and uh, Hallett Griffin, he's got his um, beaver over the other side and he, it's still running and he gets out of the thing and wanders across and has a bit of a chat to a couple of other people on the other side and I wrote a little note and I said this is Kiwi and I handed it to Sarah and uh, she just she just nodded and laughed but this is really good because people can get up close and personal to the aeroplanes 
there's no stress, you haven't got 500,000 security people here. The, the sponsors know the people that they're working with, uh, like Nick. Uh, we've been talking with him for a few days about it, you know, Nick from Tui. And Tui's regional, yep. they are looking after the local people and they know what the people really want to see. It's not like some huge corporate thing that's happening. Yep. And that's what's good about it, it's got such a great local feel. And for me to come over here, I was surprised to be asked, I was very pleased to be asked, and I'm very glad that I've been asked to come back, so I obviously haven't screwed up anything too much. <laughs> no, no, you did very, very well, actually, and, you know, it's um, it's been a pleasure to listen to the commentary through the air show, it's been really good. Um, but, you know, some of the things here over this weekend, we'll never see again. They are unique in the world, you know. The fact that that lineup took place, um, you know, everybody says, ah, de Havilland. You guys made it happen. We've got the lineup of the quintessential de Havilland aircraft types here. We have the principal aircraft being the Mosquito, we had the vampires each side, and then we had that lineup through from World War One right the way through with Hallett's uh, DHC 2. And it's amazing. Nobody does that anywhere else in the world. The the Balbo at the end, led by the Mozzie. Yes. Um, you know, there were people clapping. Now, just as I as I'm talking here, Dave Phillips is walking past. You would not think that that guy flies a mosquito. He looks like he's just come in from the farm. Yep. But if you if you Google up tiger moth and anything to do with it it comes up dave phillips dave phillips dave phillips dave phillips the whole thing is here it's understated um, i actually said to nick from tui this is the foot rot flats air show but what it is it's foot rot flats not because it's something that's um, understated or underpowered. It's foot rot flats because all of the local people are involved and there are people have come from Australia, I know guys that have come over here, there's an aeroplane monthly tour here, right, they, they arrived um, and I know they did a tour of the vintage aviator the other day because Sarah um, let, us, uh, let us in on that, yep. I was going to go in there and throw pieces of paper at them and tell them <laughs> I need to write more articles for you, but um, this air show is absolutely fantastic. Right now we're standing out here. We've got the Anson. Just next to us the Fox Moth, behind us the Mozzie. I mean, how, how good can it get? Absolutely, I totally agree with you. Oh, well, of course the Dragon over there, but... Um, uh, well, it's not oh, we, we, are, we are spoiled for choice. Yeah. Yeah. And people were able to get out from here and go for a flight in the Fox Moth and the Dragon. Um, and the Spitfire and the Kitty yep. Hawk and, and we were we Mustang. were talking and, and um, we were saying to the crowd, you know, if you want to go for a flight with Liz and Frank in the uh, in the P40 here or the T6, either do it here or you can organise it somewhere else. And apparently they've got a line of people that are that are ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Doug Brooker, the, exactly the same thing with the Spitfire. Kiwis do it differently to everybody else. Uh, it's so much more relaxed, and I love coming over here. I, I wouldn't have been coming over here since 1983, um, but it, it's just um, I'm very, very privileged now to be able to do some commentary. Um, I was a little bit worried when I was first asked to come over to Wanaka. I was thinking somebody from the West Island might um, might not be treated kindly. But uh, I was, uh, and I really enjoyed doing that. And then Tom, um, 
asked me to come and, and do this show today yep. and that was after the mosquito show yep. and I really wish my good mate Peter uh, Peter Mack was here yes um, I would have loved to have seen him but I'm certainly going to see him at a marker and right. uh, and all I know now that all of the air shows are starting to get together and work together because that way they're not trying to compete with each other because that sort of competition doesn't do any good and they've all realised that now so they're all starting to get together to form this New Zealand sort of air show association and what that will do is that will help with insurance it will mean that everybody knows what everybody else is doing and how they can all work together and how they can all assist each other and that's something that again doesn't happen anywhere else in the world well that's great that's great and when you're in australia do you hear much about the new zealand air shows and the scene here um just through the local media and, and not through the local media but um you know, there's this website that i get onto and it, it's sort of um how do i how do i put it run by this bloke called uh david now i can't quite remember his surname but uh, seriously to Tom and I absolutely mean it I've said it to Trevor and quite a few other people the best website and forum in the world because it's not full of BS it's not full of people putting badges on themselves, it's people trying to get information out there, asking questions and getting answers and not getting trash and that's, um, seriously it's certainly one of the best and I'm not just blowing smoke into a direction dude, because the amount of work that goes into it I can imagine great and this is this is how people find out so much about what's going on i have to say when the mosquito was going together and when it was being painted i remember one of the classic comments was that it's being towed down to the paint shop and somebody says isn't that a great fergie that was towing it and i thought that's bloody good kiwi um, but then we were in um, Mascot Airport, we were coming over here for the first flight display and I ran around looking for a computer and there's a, a got one and it said, oh it, it's uh, it's running at the moment, it's going to do some engine runs, oh it's taxiing out, oh it's flown and somebody said, no proof without a photo, bang a photo comes up, six minutes after it had flown, I'm looking at a photo of the aeroplane that's flying, I'm running around the airport going, oh it's flown, it's flown, you know. <laughs> It's um, it's a great website, and I hope people really do support it because it really does deserve it. And as I said, I'm not. This is not a party-paid political announcement. It's it's better than the fly pass forum. It's better than the aeroplane monthly forum because you don't have wankers on it. <laughs> I really appreciate that. It's uh, it's really nice to to hear someone from even outside of New Zealand to to say how much they appreciate. And my boss gets the shits with me because I continually, I'm on it at work all the time. <laughs> awesome, awesome. You haven't actually said the name of the website yet. Wings Over New Zealand. Of course, of course. Just like the name of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And um, again, I really thank Tom for the opportunity to come over here and I thank everybody for uh, their patience and perseverance someone from the West Island. Well I thank you for coming over and making this, you, you were part of what made it special. It's it's great to hear good commentary and you and Trevor were a really good commentary team. Well, I thank you very thank you very much for that. We 
we try very hard and the one thing that we try to do is to keep our mouth shut when it's needed. Yeah, that's that's really appreciated. That is something that you know all the aviation enthusiasts love. That just hearing the, the aircraft, not the commentator. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well done. Thank well you, done. sir. I Thank appreciate you. it and uh, I look forward to coming over to our marker and seeing my good mate Peter McHugh. Yeah. Yep. Granddaddy McHugh. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cheers, Pete. Thanks, mate. Just here with the airshow manager, Tom Williams. Um, Tom, what a fantastic airshow. Yeah, we've been very fortunate that uh, you know, we've had three days where we've uh, had probably record crowds on each day uh, for the three days. Um, weather has been interesting, to say the least. Um, uh, this morning, uh, which is Sunday, low cloud, 400 feet uh, sort of cloud base uh, drizzle. But we knew it was going to clear, and by about 10:30, she was as clear as well. Uh, absolutely no, um, uh, no wind, and and we got the World War One aircraft away, and that's a sign of uh, of uh, good conditions to have a wonderful air show. Absolutely, absolutely, and and a few firsts here as well with the uh, the jet team with the six ship loop. Yep, um, yeah, very proud of the jet team. Uh, I just think that. Um, that's where New Zealand is going. I mean, there's going to be more private jets probably come into the country. Uh, the guys that fly them are extremely clever, skillful, experienced pilots. And uh, uh, so to do that, uh, you know, John Lanham led the formation. Some really high out pilots behind it. Just uh, a fantastic uh, display and really good close formation flying. Unbelievable. Absolutely, absolutely. This is actually the first one of these air shows I've been to. You've been doing this for a number of years now, haven't you? Well, the first one we did here was in 1975, and uh, so we've been sort of doing it ever since. And the, the first big one here in 99, and we've been doing wings over wire app, uh, since 99 every second year for until, and we'll do another one in uh, 2015. This, well, Maston is the largest grass aerodrome in the country with a sealed stip, um, and uh, we've got the vintage aviator collection here. We've got the sport and vintage aviation collection here, um, and it's really becoming a, a, a great little aerodrome for uh, Nordo aircraft. And we've got no uh, uh, control zones and nothing other. So, by and large, you can do what you like, when you like, and how you like. How, how about that? I mean, I spent a lot of time talking to Jerry Yeager, the owner, the American owner, and uh, and that the issue was uh, when it was going to go back to America, yeah. and uh, it had to be there for his air show on the 17th of uh, of April, and it was just a question of getting back in time and and stretching it out and doing it. We eventually Warren Denham from Aspects uh, designed a container to take the wing section. And uh, um, and it's going back on a on a container boat, 27 days back to the states, um, and the Americans will be uh, unbelievably pleased to have uh, this iconic British fighter bomber. It's yes. unbelievable. Absolutely, it's been a showstopper at every every event that it's gone to. And yep. This is the last we'll see of it here. It's quite sad to think about it, but it's been such a good celebration of it, hasn't it? Oh, it's been been amazing. It's got uh, one more flight to go back to Auckland tomorrow, and I'm going to be on it. 
well done, well done. You, you deserve it. Uh, deserve thanks it. very much. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Just been for a flight in the Anson. Uh, what a wonderful aeroplane, an amazing restoration. And uh, yeah, the Mozzie's in exactly the same category. Yeah, just incredible restoration. Uh, beautiful aeroplane. Yeah, looking forward to tomorrow. And looking forward to the next one of these in two years' time as well. I'm, I'm well, I don't know about looking forward to it, uh, Dave. I'm, um, I'm, I'm going to have to go fishing for a couple of days to sort of get, get my mind back into into uh, the real world. But yeah, no, certainly. Well done, mate. Well done. That was the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood.